0: Welcome to Legally Uncensored. I am your host, Demetria Graves, a licensed family law attorney in the state of California. Welcome back to Legally Uncensored. I truly hope you have enjoyed the season. I know I have. We have talked a lot about therapy. We talked a lot about money. And more importantly for me, I like to hear from guests and in terms of their experience and what they have went through during their journey in the family law space. But today I wanted to hear from you and over the course of this season, we created a hotline so you can tell us about your journey, your questions and what you want to hear on the show. So if you want to share with us, I invite you to call us at 626-460-0927 and that way we can hear from you in terms of what you want to hear And, and I'm serious about that. Some people always ask me, are you sure you want me to propose topics, and yes, I am serious because I do want to share with you what you actually want to hear. But today I want to hear from you. And this is a Ask Demetria series. So you get to ask me questions about what you have learned, um, more specifics in terms of the divorce journey. And we actually received some pretty good questions. And as usual. I will continue to break down the hard family law topics, and I intend to be as uncensored as possible. We are giving gems to be proactive and reactive when dealing with love and oftentimes war. So whether you are divorced, in the midst of a divorce, single, married, or a serial dater, we are here to help you. So let's get into it. We are going to check in with the community, as we said, and we're going to go through some hot topics because there's a lot that has happened in the media that I feel like we all can learn from. And of course, we'll get to your questions. And as we know, before divorce comes marriage and before marriage, there is oftentimes a relationship. And with so much going on in the news, I wanted to take a moment and tap into some of the topic, the mess and the lessons. And um, hopefully we all can learn from it, including myself. So let's kick off some celebrity news and then take your questions. First, we're going to talk about child support. Child support is probably the most popular topic in my office and most popular when we're talking about celebrity news, especially in Los Angeles, because the numbers sometimes are extremely high. Because we have so many athletes here, we have so many entertainers here. So it is often a very, very complicated topic, or it can be quite simple, depending on how you look at it. So, what exactly is child support? Child support is basically what is issued from one parent to the other for the needs of the child. And no, you can't micromanage what that is for. So, if you're ordered to pay child support, You give the other party whatever amount is determined by the court. And typically, parents are using it for what they want, typically, but it's supposed to be used for housing, clothing, food, whatever the parent deems is important to take care of the child. And as we know, that is very different for each child. That's why child support kind of varies per um, state and per child. And why are we talking about this now? Well, recently, Matt Barnes was, I don't know if you all know who Matt Barnes is. He was a basketball player. He also did a reality show with his ex-wife, Gloria Govan. And he was ordered, to at some point, he was ordered to pay her child support. And in 2018, his child support was cut down to approximately $7,500. So from what I read, and I believe this was on TMZ was at some point he was ordered to pay $20,000 a month. They do have twins. That was for two children. However, that was cut down to $7,500 a month. And I don't, I don't know if you follow Matt Barnes or Gloria Gavon, who later married Derek Fisher, who's also, who also played basketball. If you want to get into that messy story, you can go and Google that. That's quite an entertaining story. But in any event, he was ordered to pay. It's my understanding that they kind of share custody of their their boys. But again, still, Matt was ordered to pay $7,500. From what I gather from the story, it seems like he might have the kids more or something has happened that at some level he must have believed or assumed he no longer had to pay um, child support. And we, as you have listened in previous episodes, we no longer assume because we know where that gets us. So it appears Gloria went to court and told the court, basically. And I'm using layman's terms. I'm I'm not sure what she said legally, but basically, hey, he's not paying what he's supposed to pay court. I want you to order him to pay what he hasn't paid. So seventy five hundred dollars. Looks like he hasn't paid in over 17 months or so. So the court said, yes, there is a court order. You need to pay her $133,000 in back child support. And if he has them more, I'm sure he's thinking or assuming, why am I paying her $7,500 a month if I have the kids with me a majority of the time? However, that is not how the courts work. If there is a court order, you have to follow the court order. If you believe there should be a change in what you pay, then you need to go and tell the court, I need this to be changed because of whatever the circumstances." What I am assuming, and I just told you not to, but what I'm thinking happened is maybe they had some form of agreement, and you know he said, "Bet, she said, "I don't have to pay it. Cool, I'm not going to pay it." However, without a legal document that says that it's been modified, modified meaning it's changed by the court, then you you have to pay it. The court's not going to say, hey, Gloria, did you tell him he doesn't have to pay child support? The court's not going to do that. They're going to say, is there some written document from the court that says you don't have to pay it? Then you don't have to pay it. So there are ways to have it modified. And because he did go back to court back in 2018 to modify it, we know he knows how to do so. And I suspect that he has the means to hire an attorney if he has questions about child support. But it's important not to make outside agreements. And we've talked about this on previous shows without it being documented in the court only to cover cover yourself. And so what happens if Matt doesn't pay the back child support? We're in California, there are different things that can happen. With our child support agency, you can lose your license. You can lose your passport. And if you have a business license, like attorneys, doctors, those licenses can be suspended as well. So those are worst case scenarios. You can be held in what we call contempt Back in the day, maybe people went to jail and that sort of thing. But here, typically, that is not realistic. I've seen people have to do community service and maybe have to pay what we call sanctions, basically as a punishment for not doing what you're supposed to do. It is highly unlikely that he'll actually do any jail time. And I suspect that he'll come up with some type of payment plan to pay her back. But I don't see jail in Matt Barnes' future. And I'm a little shocked by this because of the rocky relationship between Matt and Gloria. I am shocked that he would assume that any portion of any court order would be modified or assume that he wouldn't have to pay anything. So what is our takeaway for Mr. Barnes? Is stop making assumptions as we have discussed in some of our previous episodes. You can't assume in the legal arena, and especially if you have a rocky relationship with an ex, make sure that it's documented, make sure that it's properly modified or changed. That's you know what modified means in this context. So there's no question about if you should or what you should be paying and keep up with your court order. And I've, I've seen this a lot with women and men sometimes is that People put their heads in the sand if they don't want to really deal with it, but you can't do that because now that is costing Mr. Matt over $100,000. So no assumptions, change it if you need to. The courts will hear you out and pay your child support. In other news, we have a divorce situation to talk about. The very funny Shannon Sharp came online and said that he offered to pay for an ex-girlfriend's divorce to get her divorced faster. He thought she was the one, which is very interesting to me. And I wish my friends would come and sit with me because they will tell you, I will always say if somebody is married, it is highly unlikely that they are ready to be in another relationship. There are some exceptions. But typically, that is the rule. If someone is coming out of a divorce, just out of a divorce, still haven't worked through the emotions of divorce, it's very unlikely that they're ready for a more serious relationship with you. So I I understand what Shannon was trying to do was get her divorced so they can start their relationship. However, I would love to hear from her to see if she was actually ready to move on with whoever she was married to. Or if she was using that as an excuse to prolong her relationship with the other person other than um, Shannon. And as I stated, to me, the divorce is never about the money. It's very interesting how people will come up with ways, if they hire an attorney or not, to get a divorce. Sometimes people are not ready to get a divorce. And that is what keeps them emotionally emotionally tied to their ex spouse. If you keep saying, "Oh, we're we're still married, we're still married," you don't. There's no real incentive for you to go through that that process. And hence, I don't believe Shannon married her. So that is more evidence for me to see that I don't think she was really ready to start a, a new relationship. And. Um, I understand Shannon's heart, but I don't think that that's our place as new partners to make sure that we get our significant others out of a relationship or w- situationships or whatever they're in. We all know and we've learned that when someone is ready, they would do what they need to do to be in the relationship. But from a legal standpoint, because I am a lawyer, I always say what are the legal ramifications if he did pay for the divorce? Does he have access to the divorce? Can he talk to her divorce attorney? And the answer is no. And most attorneys make third-party payors because that happens in divorce settings. A mother might pay, an uncle might pay. Heck, boyfriends might pay for a divorce, but that doesn't mean they have access to talk to the attorneys or access to know what's going on. It just means that they're paying And most attorneys will make the third party sign off to say that they don't have access to what's going on in the divorce. And then this is just another example for us as we talked about. Divorce is part business, part emotions. And if you haven't dealt with the emotions, sometimes it's really hard to deal with the business and vice versa. If you can't deal with the business, sometimes it's harder to get over the emotions. And as we see here, the two go hand in hand because I believe Shannon is still single and not married, and we don't know where the young lady is, but I thought it was a very interesting topic to share with you all. Okay, another divorce case in Atlanta that we previously talked about is Eva Marcel. She filed for divorce not too long ago, and now her husband has came back and said he doesn't want a divorce. He wants to reconcile with his wife, and From my knowledge, he has not filed a response. And so in any marriage, one party files a petition or documents telling the other party they want a divorce, which Eva has done. The other side typically has, depending on the county and jurisdiction, has 30 to 60 days to respond. To my knowledge, he has not responded. So again, my lawyer brain says, well, what does that mean? What happens if he doesn't respond? So typically, if he does not respond, she can proceed without him. There's no county, no state that's going to make you stay married to someone anymore. Back in the day, we have what's called fault state. And you had to actually give the state a reason why you wanted to get a divorce. But in most jurisdictions, that is no longer the case. And I can almost guarantee you in Atlanta, that is not the case. So if he doesn't respond, she can proceed without him and ask for the property she wants, the custody of their children that she wants, the support that she wants, any and everything. So it's really not in his best interest for him not to respond. But again, this is a reality show. So I don't know if they want some of this to play out on the show. Again, my personal opinion is I think we will see a lot of the divorce in On their show, but that is yet to be seen. Another question that I seen floating around on the internet is: Does he have to pay child support for Eva's child that he legally adopted? The answer is yes, he does have to pay. If you legally adopt someone, they are legally your child, so you don't get to decide later. Hey, I don't want to be your dad anymore. I don't want to be your mom anymore. So, he will have to pay. Child support if that becomes an issue. And he is still her father. So I suspect that there will be custody and visitation ordered for him as well. So you cannot play with adoption and use it as a tool when you're happy with a spouse. You have to really think about that. If you adopt that child, that child is legally going to become yours. And I saw another clip on the internet about a man that found out that a child wasn't his. So legally, that has some implications that I'm going to say for next time for Ask Demetria so you come back and hear about that. But that happens a lot as well. So I don't know what's going to happen with Eva. I suspect on the show, we're going to watch them try to work it out and either they are or they are not. Her husband is also a lawyer. So I suspect he does know what to do next. And I, I suspect he's not going to allow His best interests go by the wayside. So I will say Atlanta has a lot going on, but I'm not surprised. Atlanta is pretty hot. Those are our hot topics. So I I really want you all to share again with me what you see on the internet so we can talk about it or what you want to hear or your questions. You can be anonymous, but please keep it cute. Please do not call with vulgar questions or anything of that nature. Okay. We are now entering into the Ask Demetria portion of this episode. And again, if you have a question or if you want to share anything with us, please don't hesitate to call our hotline at 626-460-0927. That 626
1: What do you do if you're legally married to someone but have been separated from them for more than five years uh hundreds of miles apart and you happen to come into uh, some money a uh, windfall of money that has nothing to do with them are they still entitled to any of your money if they find out about it even though you haven't even seen them in five years plus
0: okay so our first question is what happens if you're separated basically and you inherit some money so are they entitled to it? No. Will they try? Yes. So this is very typical. Parties don't get divorced, but they're separated. And separated basically means that you both have told the world you are separated. You don't have to get legally separated to be separated for the purposes of divorce. But please know, inheritance, or money you receive, or cars, clothing, rings, whatever you get after separation is yours. Um, legally that's called it's your separate property however if you come into money you can highly suspect that your ex is going to try and say oh no we weren't separated we are still married so just be very mindful of that but even if you're married an inheritance is your separate property and just be sure that you keep it separate hi demetria my name is tasha i have a question So if me and my husband signed a prenup before we got married and now we're trying to get a divorce, what would that process look like? Okay, our next question is you and your partner did sign a prenup. Where is that prenup and how does it get introduced at court? Typically, what happens is you and your spouse will have a copy of your prenup and your drafting attorney will have a copy of the prenup and your spouse's attorney should have a copy of the prenup. So there should be a copy of the prenup somewhere and you will have to present that to the court. I would not rely on your attorney to keep it. Things happen to attorneys. Attorneys change careers. Attorneys pass away, whatever it may be. So make sure you keep that handy once it's signed that you keep it in a safe place, I would encourage you to save it with your trust documents, your house documents. So you have all your important documents together. And then when you file for a divorce, you notify the court that it's a prenup. Typically there might be a fight about the enforceability of the prenup. I'm hoping that's not the case for you. And you just let the court know that there is an agreement. If there's not a fight about the prenup, then the court will adopt terms of the prenup.
1: My question is for Demetra. My name is Carolyn, and I'm actually calling because I would like to know what is the quickest, fastest way to proceed with a de- filing for divorce if you're doing it by yourself without a lawyer? And do you have any legal advice for anyone filing for a divorce without a lawyer?
0: Okay. Our next question is it yourself divorce. How fast can you do it and should you do it? And again, I can't really answer should you or should you not get an attorney? I would say to anyone, talk to an attorney first. So you kind of know what issues are there and what's important. And if you need an attorney, after talking to an attorney, you might decide, no, I can do this on my own. There are a lot of legal important terms in divorce documents. So if you can understand them on your own, you might be okay. But I, again, highly encourage you to talk to an attorney. In most jurisdictions, they have do-it-yourself clinics at all courthouses where you can make an appointment and do your documents yourself, and they will help you and review the documents to make sure that they're done correctly. There are paralegals in most jurisdictions that can help you with the paperwork if you don't want to pay the price of an attorney. Or you could do it yourself and complete the documents. And a lot of jurisdictions now have that you can electronically file your documents so you don't have to go to the courthouse. However, if you want the assistance of the court to make sure you're doing the documents correctly, you would need to do that. So in summary, at least talk to an attorney so you know what's at stake for you. And if you need the additional assistance, there are paralegals, there are other services that can help you complete the forms. And then you will most likely be able to electronically file the documents on your own. Hello, my name is Tyler, and I have a question for Demetria. How much does it truly cost to get a divorce? Okay, another question is how much does it cost to get a divorce? And I know we. Briefly addressed this in some of our previous episodes, but it really depends and it's party driven. So the more you fight, the more you're going to pay. The less you fight, the less you pay. So I'm in Los Angeles. The average retainer that means to even just get your attorney going and started can be anywhere on average from 5,000 up to 20,000. And that's just typically for the first anywhere from five to 10 hours. So then after that, you're billed hourly. So the more you go to court, the more you call your attorney and their staff, the more you want done, the more needs to be done is really what you're going to pay. The typical cost can be, like I said, anywhere from the, the retainer costs of five to 20000 on up. I would say the average is anywhere between fifteen and 20000 If there are issues, custody and visitation, support, property, it's going gonna, it's gonna to cost. So the more you can agree, the better off you will be, is what I like to say. Hi, Demetria. I just can't help um, but ask a question about domestic violence. I have been um, in an abusive relationship and uh, I am married. And I just was curious what that looks like in divorce because... um, Even though I'm not necessarily ready, um, how does that play out in a divorce? I can't help but think about Jonathan Majors and how his career has been impacted. And I kind of I'm scared because I don't want things to impact his career, um, even though I am ready um, to potentially get a divorce. And our last question for this Ask the Demetria series is how does domestic violence impact divorce? And this is a very, very serious topic. Domestic violence has extremely increased over the pandemic and beyond. We've seen an increase in domestic violence cases since the start of the pandemic, and and they actually continue to rise, which is concerning. So domestic violence does have a pretty big impact on divorce. If there is a finding of domestic violence against a partner, that partner cannot presumptively, meaning based on the domestic violence, can't initially ask for joint custody of the children. Also, that party cannot ask the person um, that they allegedly abuse for spousal support. So it does have a really big impact on divorce. And I thought about this when Jonathan Majors was, well, currently in a situation where he has been Charge with the issue of domestic violence. I don't believe he's married. I do know he has a child. So I don't know if that's going to impact any custody orders that he currently has. And I'm also unsure if it's with the mother of his current child, but that is yet to be seen. So I'm hoping in the next Ask Demetria, we'll have some answers about it. However, domestic violence does have a big impact on divorce. And you can also use your imagination, how that is sometimes used as a weapon, if you may, in the divorce proceeding as well, that we will talk about another day. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Legally Uncensored with our Ask Demetria series. And we would invite you to please go like and share and leave us great comments at Legally Uncensored. And until next time, I am your host, Demetria Graves. Legally Uncensored is produced by Crystal Devone of C. Devone's Sight and Sound and edited by Calvin Bailey.